Luke chapter 5, starting to read at verse 1. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding round him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boats. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full, they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled, they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go. Show yourself to the priest and then offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their illnesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks very much indeed, Tim, for reading that. Uh, we're going to take a look at it uh, now, Luke chapter 5. As we, uh, Tim mentioned, we're in the middle of this um, uh, series. Um, this week, um, I was interviewed uh, in front of the students uh, by Ruth. Um, some of you might have been there, and uh, it was kind of to, uh, I guess, to get to know me a little bit, and um, it was good fun. Um, and I was roundly mocked by Ruth for my um, interest in Star Wars. Uh, and my love of all things uh, to do with Star Wars. Uh, she even got people to stick up their hands as to whether they had heard of Star Wars, cared about Star Wars. Ruth is over in the back, hopefully turning red. Um, uh, and I was, uh, I was mocked for all of this, so I thought we would start this morning with a short clip from a classic Star Wars scene um, uh, to, uh, to enjoy, because it, it so pointedly illustrates what is going on here in this passage. It comes from the, uh, the second of the early trilogy of films, The Empire Strikes Back, if you know it, and it involves Luke, uh, who has found himself um, on a distant planet, and things are not going well for him. 
And the reason it's so relevant to what we're looking at today is that he has encountered this uh, character called Yoda. If you've not met Yoda, he's a little green fellow. Um, and in the, uh, the, the, as the story unfolds, he is very um, unsure of Yoda's power. He doesn't really think Yoda has much about him. He doesn't look like he does. Uh, he's very unsure of it. Things are sort of spiraling down. He's not doing very well. His spaceship ends up in a swamp, and he's not very pleased with how things are going. And there is a turning point in the film in which you see uh, both Yoda's uh, ability, his power, and you see Luke's reaction to it. And they both testify and show exactly how powerful he is. Okay, so if you watch this, you can enjoy this for a moment. Uh, It'll uh, show you, and watch it for not only what Yoda does, but also how Luke reacts. You want the impossible. May the force be with you, and especially with you, Ruth. Um, so, so, what he does and the reaction that Luke uh, has tell you about the power of this little green fellow, Yoda, if you don't know Yoda. Anyway, so that, but what those, those two things r- occur in our passage here. When Luke is trying to show us more of Jesus, what he does and the reactions that we get uh, to it in both cycles, both of these two little um, episodes, which he puts side by side, um, uh, are what we'll look at. So the first of them, uh, Jesus' word, what it does, very simply, it fills nets. It fills nets. 
So if you look at the opening of, uh, uh, of chapter 5, um, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. You've got to imagine them there, the, the scene where, if you've ever been in that kind of setting where you're, everyone is kind of craning forward to try and hear somebody speak, cupping your ear, you're trying to, they're pressing in towards him to try and hear him. Uh, they're listening to the word of God as Jesus is teaching the, the word from God through Jesus. And he sees at the water's edge two boats left by the fishermen who were washing their nets. Uh, he, get, uh, he got into one of the boats um, uh, belonging to Simon. So what he's doing is he's kind of creating a, tr- a little arena where if he just sets out a little bit in one of the boats, they can crowd along the edge of the shore and he can speak to them and they can hear him. So you imagine the scene like that. He teaches the people and then when he is finished, he looks at Simon and says put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Now, uh, Simon answers, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Now, what he's basically saying is, um, this is very silly. Um, I am a fisherman. I know about fishing. Uh, We've been working all night. There really is no point in doing this. Uh, You are at best a carpenter, and you can talk to me about carpentry if you'd like but could you leave the fish to me? But, at, because you say so, he says, um, in verse 5, underneath there is it's the phrase, at your word, which is key for Luke um, in the whole of his book, and here in this section in particular. Jesus' word, at your word, Jesus, I will let down the nets. So, um, you imagine they kind of head out, let down the nets. When they'd done so, they caught such a large number of fish uh, that their nets began to break. The catch that they take is huge. Now, we don't quite know whether this is a creation miracle in the sense of uh, Jesus says, you watch how many fish I'm about to produce, or whether it's a knowledge miracle where he says, you watch, I have found you the best fishing place that you don't know about. And in a sense, that's not what Luke is trying to um, explain to us. We don't know which one it is. He's trying to show us the impact of this incredible catch. He doesn't describe exactly what is going on, but he tells us in detail about what happens. So they caught such a large number, their nets began to break. Uh, They signaled to partners in the other boat to come over and help them, and they fill both boats, um, and the boats begin to sink. So you've got to imagine they've kind of got these nets, and the nets are almost fraying and breaking because there's so many fish. They somehow get them into the boats, and then the boats start to sink. And I kind of imagine that somebody goes rowing by somebody else, and as they row by, they look across and say, well, that's what happens when you panic by. (laughs) So you've got this sheer weight of fish, and this sheer kind of uh, um, uh, load that they've taken on. But the point that he's showing is that the power in Jesus' words fills these nets, the impact it has. And then he moves to the reactions to it, of which you get a couple, and they're here. Firstly, people are humbled. Peter, when he sees this, he falls at Jesus' knees and says, go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. It's quite a reaction if you think about it. What was it about that catch of fish that Peter suddenly felt what he did. He felt his sinfulness. He felt his unworthiness. Uh, Go away. I can't be in your presence. I'm a sinful man. 
not unlike Isaiah's response to his vision in the Old Testament. What was it about that act, that miracle, that made Peter feel his unworthiness? He's humbled by it. As were the others are amazed and astonished, verse 9, uh, they're astonished at this, uh, this catch, um, uh, as with the group. And then Jesus says to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. And so they pull their boats up to the shore. And the second reaction is just that they follow. They leave everything and they follow him. You imagine your that's your 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 kind of uh, your whole way of uh, of working. You just set it to one side and you decide you're going to follow. And these are the reactions to what Jesus has done. So his word has this impact, and then the reactions to it. And so I don't think, interestingly, I don't think the main focus of this passage is about us becoming fishers of people. Um, often uh, described. I don't think it's primarily about uh, you and I sort of thinking about evangelism and that sort of thing. It, that may be true, but I don't think that's what Luke is doing here. Here he's saying, look, do you see what, what Jesus has done and see the, the extent of the reactions to it? Peter falls on his knees and is humbled. Uh, they leave everything to follow this man. He's underlining how powerful Jesus' words are. And then he follows it up, we go through the same cycle, if you like, with the, the next um, uh, um, little episode with the man with leprosy. So verse 12, same cycle of firstly what he does and then the reactions to it. While Jesus was, was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. Now the, um, the word um, would have covered a number of different potential skin ailments and diseases, um, but it is certainly true that he would have had to be, um, uh, he would have had to self-isolate, to use the phrase that is around. He would have been excluded. He would have had to keep himself uh, away um, from people because of his condition. So there's, uh, here he is, and he you know risks this approach to Jesus. Um, when he sees Jesus, knows he too then falls uh, with his face to the ground, begs him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And the issue here is, is Jesus willing or not? He believes he can do it. Jesus reaches out his hand, touches the man, and says, I am willing. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy uh, leaves him. Again, the focus is on the power of what he can do as he speaks. And if you like, the contrast that Luke sets up is that in the fish miracle, there's something positive, however it came about, um, Jesus enables this um, tremendous amount of fish to be found as a sort of positive. They weren't there before, and then they, they're able, able to locate them. Over here, you've got a miracle. If that was a positive one, this is fixing something negative. So his skin condition, his ailment, Jesus is able to reverse that. So you see the, the, the two ways in which um, uh, Jesus is working, and the power in his words, be clean, and he is. And then again, Luke moves to his, the reactions to it. Um, so uh, uh, having um, healed him, the first reaction uh, is about the priests or, or an, an expected reaction uh, that Jesus uh, uh, imagines will happen. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone. Um, he doesn't mean don't tell anyone forever. 
He's saying, don't tell anyone until you go to the priest, offer the sacrifices uh, that Moses commanded for your cleansing. So do that which the Old Testament stipulates that you should do to um, uh, signal that you're um, now clean as a testimony to them. And you doing that will be a testimony to them. And what he expects is that the priests will get it. They will get it. They will understand what's going on, that the power of God has been at work here. When this man who was excluded and and had leprosy is then healed and comes and presents himself, he is expecting that the priest should get it. They all think, wow, this is the work of God. Now, whether they did or not is, is a good question, given that religious types in the next uh, parts of the book um, don't always seem to get it. But that's the intended uh, response that uh, Jesus is expecting. What we do then see as well in verse 15, as this uh, um, little episode comes to an end, the news about him spreads all the more. Crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses, their illnesses. So the other response is that the crowds are just drawn to this man hearing of him. It doesn't take much, really, when you think about it. Given the news, uh, given uh, the extent of uh, coronavirus in parts of the world, to imagine what it would be if uh, Jesus were here in the flesh and were able to just heal people with a touch. And how remarkable that would be. How people would flock to him. So what he does this healing, and the reactions to it speak of his power. Now, why is Luke doing all of this? Why does he present it? Why is he working through this for us? He wants us to feel that Jesus' words have power. He wants us to sense, to feel that Jesus' words have power. Think for a moment. Um, Jesus really hasn't taught or said very much yet in Luke's gospel, has he? He had a little bit uh, a couple of weeks ago in the synagogue, but really very little. It's not as though he's arrived and perhaps like a politician might. So imagine if you're a politician and you want to make your mark, how do you do that? Well, you need a, you need a series of speeches, don't you? You need a series of occasions where you can start to build momentum. People start thinking, oh, actually, this person's got something about them. I do want to hear what they have to say. You might have a stump speech that you take around. You, you're looking for those opportunities to really kind of connect and cut through with people. Jesus doesn't arrive like that. He's said very little at this point. Instead, he is proving the power of his words. Almost as these situations come along, having finished teaching, he then looks at Peter and the others and then he says, why don't we take the boats out there? When this man comes along to him and says, are you willing to heal me? He said very little at this point, but he is proving his words have power. Why uh, Why is that so important? Um, this is a cartoon, which is one of my favorite cartoons, but it takes a moment to digest, I learn. So, there are a couple. They have obviously done something, and she wants some help from Barry. It's on the left. But she says, no, Barry, I want you to want to help bury the evidence. I don't want you just to bury the evidence. I want you to want to help bury the evidence. Now, this clearly is going over lots of people's heads. It did it in my earlier service as well. 
it operates at all levels of family life, okay? So if you're somebody where your parents once said to you, I don't want you to tidy your room, I want you to want to tidy your room. Or if you're in a shared house and you're thinking, I don't want them to do the washing up, I want them to want to do the washing up. It's that <laughs> that we're getting at, okay? There is a difference between just doing something because there, and there's wanting to do it. Okay, this is clearly one we have to turn over in our minds for a while, but we'll let it go. <laughs> anyway, I like it. Um, uh, <laughs> Luke wants us to want to listen to Jesus' words. And at this point in the gospel, he is, he's preparing the way for that. He's showing, can you see the power of Jesus' words? Can you see the reactions to it? He's going to give us examples all through the book. They will come at various points where he will pick up this idea of, are we listening to his words or not? And do we want to listen to his words or not? Perhaps the, the uh, you know, classic example that I think is helpful at this point would be if you just glance on to Luke chapter 10. So one of uh, a number that come. Luke chapter 10, page 1042, um, and verse 38. Martha and Mary. Um, uh, verse 39, so Jesus is with them both. And he, um, uh, Mary, verse 39, sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She comes to him and says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So he he depicts a situation where Mary's desire, her longing to hear Jesus' words, is there. And he's saying, look, that is a good thing. And he he has others that he'll use... but Luke, is, Luke isn't daft, he's not stupid. He's not just kind of going to uh, tell us you should listen to Jesus. He knows we don't work that way. I could stand here every week if I wanted to just say, just listen to Jesus. He knows that unless you and I want to listen to Jesus, we won't. And he's saying, look at Jesus' power. Look at what he does and the impact of it. Look at the reactions to it. Can you sense, can you feel why it is worth listening to him? So my Luke Yoda moment, for those of you who enjoyed it, um, it is a turning point. The reason it's a turning point is because of that, until then, Luke has been sent to this place to go and learn from this character of Yoda. And he doesn't really want to, but from that moment on, he wants to learn from him. This is such a difference. And you may know this in your own life. There is a difference between just kind of thinking, oh, I've got to go through the motions, I know I should be listening to Jesus, and wanting to listen to him because of the power of his word, because we believe the power of his word. And the reason I think it's so important to Luke as he will unpack this as he goes is because there are going to be things that then Jesus, when he comes to say that we can't see so readily, like, do not worry. As you go about your week this week, when Jesus says, do not worry, when Jesus says, I gave my body and my blood that you might be forgiven, when he says things to us that you cannot so readily see, then, 
the question for us will be, you know, do we want to listen to those? Do we think his voice has power? Do we think it is more powerful than anybody else's voice that we might hear as we go into this week? That, I suggest, is the question I want to leave you with and, and to take into this week. As you go through, as you no doubt read, hear many other voices, do we long to listen to Jesus' words? Do we long because we think it has power? Do we think his word is more powerful than any other word? Why don't we pray together? Gracious Father, for many of us, I imagine that will be the the thing we wrestle with, whether we're just here because we think we have to go through the motions and we sort of think we should listen to to what uh, Jesus' words have to say. Uh, Lord, I pray you would enlighten us, uh, reignite in us, if needed, that uh, desire to listen to your word. We, we sense and know it is powerful. Uh, as, as we've seen this in these two episodes, I pray you'd, uh, you'd be at work in us, uh, kindle that desire. Lord, your, uh, your power as you walked on earth would have been extraordinary, and I pray you'd bring that alive in our minds and into this week, all the pressures it will bring, Uh, the many things we will face. May we look for and listen to your word, I pray. Amen.